Welcome to the Ride of My Life podcast. I'm Caroline Rena, and here, let the ride inside adventure begin. I will share what it's like on my own healing journey, and through what I learn and become aware of, provide insight to your journey as well. everyone. I'm Caroline Rena, and welcome to the Ride of My Life podcast. And today, I'm so excited. I've known Barbara. How long have we known each other? I don't even know. Like maybe, maybe three years, something three like years, that. something like that. I don't know. Um, we've known each other for a long time. And um, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a background about Barbara. And then we'll jump right into the questions and the process and see where it goes. So, uh, <laughs> Barbara has a background in early childhood education and health. Uh, after experiencing a high conflict divorce, the suicide of her teenage daughter, and the alienation of her grandson, she has become passionate about saving our children. This involves working with both mothers and children, and Barbara teaches and trains on mindset and lifestyle hacks to help mitigate the effects of trauma. She recently published her story in the book, Ignite Possibilities, that sounds pretty cool, this past May and has become a voice for parental alienation awareness. Also, Barbara has recently started a membership group called Own Your Life, and this is for women, as well as a YouTube channel called The Hackable Life. So here we go, Barbara. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. That is so cool. And, and what's interesting is we have both, except for, you know, uh, everything you went through with your, with your daughter and your grandson, you know, that I can't even imagine either one of those, um, in my happening with me. Um, and I can feel I've, I've known you long enough. I can feel, I understand, you know, what you've gone through, obviously to a point, I do get the high conflict divorce. I do get the parental alienation piece of it. And so we have a lot in common, um, especially throughout our lives, you know, with the trauma, because you've experienced trauma yourself um, outside of later in life. And so that's kind of what, what I wanted to get into in a few minutes. However, let's start off with... Um, I'd like for you to share what kind of work you do with people. I know you've got a lot of, a, a lot of great things happening and I never really sat down and tried to, you know, figure, figure all that out, but I'd like for you to share what, what it is exactly that you do for people. Well, you know, it's so interesting because I think we both have been evolving as a lot of these things have happening. And so I have been in a process of where is the clarity of where I can really serve. Mm -hmm. And what I've come to find out is, and the reason I mentioned that number of things is because I belong to different clubs, people have lost a child, parental alienation, high conflict divorce, but what my story is about too is moving on from that and belonging to ourselves and owning our lives. And so I realized, especially, you know, I've been working more with women and I especially want to work with women with children. Um, and I'll speak to that in a moment because I want to help. I'm always about prevention mm -hmm. and knowing what I know now, going through the grief I've gone through, going through learning and studying about trauma and, and, and releasing lots of my own trauma. We're never done. And I think right now is very traumatic times that we're yeah. all going through. And I certainly sense globally what's happening, especially with the mothers and children um, and that's part of my heritage, um, to get on the beginning side, because as you know, unraveling trauma and accumulating trauma is so much more involved with ridding ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as I've been moving in this space, my background is early childhood education. And for 25 years after being in this high conflict divorce, because that's about how long I've been divorced even, is um, how can we empower our children or navigate self-worth and everything and knowing what you stand for, who you are, to navigate and give them the tools to navigate this so they don't get stuck or pulled into. And it could be with social media, with bullying, with all, you don't know what things children will be exposed to. Mm -hmm. And so 
I, I realized that um, I wish there were a lot of things I had known when I got divorced. When I got divorced, there was no internet, there was no cell phones, there were no really support groups. And so you're, I, I you're dating us, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. And there weren't. Okay. Self-care is so important. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's for self-care sure. is so important. And I don't know about you, but I stuffed things. I didn't want my children to think I didn't, I wanted to show this other stuff. I have to show up for work. And I created so much more trauma and, and other things because we know it's all held in our body and our cells and our cellular structure. And so I, I can't dive deep with mothers going through divorce with their children and losing a daughter to suicide. And I believe that was the root cause. She was a conflicted kind of child. I feel like I have some experience to offer the parent at that time. And we don't dive deep, but how can you keep your emotional feelings when you're at the time of divorce, you know, you're not getting along. We know the court system and how that works and revs up everything. So helping to keep women calm and, and, and to deal with their children. So it's, they can be as healthy as they can at that time and even make better decisions and, you know, and not take on so much more trauma that they don't even realize that they're taking care of they're, 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 they're importing, you know, because I think in our society, it is don't show your feelings, don't show your emotions, put on a good face. And no, as you've been talking about grief. Yeah. The good news is, is it's getting better. I think there are more people who are starting to recognize it and I'm really grateful for that. However, there's still yeah. that old mentality sometimes that leaks in with that. So yeah, it's really important for people to understand that it is okay to grieve. It is okay to have feelings. It is okay to let them go and, and, and use them because they're, I always talk about this. They're like a GPS system for us. They help guide us through life. They're there for a reason. Not, yep. they didn't, we didn't just make them up because everybody has these same feelings. We couldn't have made them up, you know? So, um, and you touched on something and I was going to start the process, but I wanted you to go real quick, well, as quickly as you can, but as, in as short as you can, into your, into your story, because you mentioned, again, about your daughter um, uh, committing suicide, and a lot of kids these days are doing that, and a lot of people these days are doing that, and I think it's important for people to understand kind of where you come from in, in the work that you do and, you know, kind of why you do it, you know, so if you don't mind doing that first, and then we'll get sure. into the process. So. Uh, I was married 21 years. Uh, you know, I stayed 10 years too long. So that's one of my messages. And I was really ready to get divorced after my first child. She was two and a half. And, you know, go, without going into details, my ex-husband didn't like birth control, blah, blah, blah. So I end up with another child. And she was really a conflicted kind of a child, a real um, intelligent but conflicted child. And so I kept holding on maybe like other mothers do. I was afraid then to be a single mom and how my, I waited to have children so we, I could, we had enough income where I could be home and stay home. And that was a big desire to maybe this will touch on something too, to be the mom that I wanted to be, not the mom that I had had. <laughs> and um, even though my mom was a stay-at-home mom, she was never home. Anyway. <laughs> so there's so, abandonment. Just yes. Saying, yep. Yep. That's true. That's, thank you for pointing that out. And that has been a theme. So then it was like, oh, let me get her out of diapers and let me get her in preschool. And so I kept creeping along. And, um, and this is one thing I want to put in my course too, is that then I allowed a lot more emotional abuse to occur. I, I, I use the analogy with my friends. They knew I was miserable. I climb up to the high dive and want to jump off. It's like, I climb back down and they I got divorced. And it's not an analogy for me. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, I, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll have someday. to hear more. <laughs> I haven't heard that part of your story. Yeah. So, um, you know, and being early childhood um, educator, I couldn't put my finger on what was going on with my daughter. She was brilliant. She was conflicted and she was this interesting, interesting person. But my former husband was a black and white accounting professor, you know, black and white. And I'm a great person, you know that. <laughs> And so, you know, this child, I was trying to find the easiest way to become divorced without causing trauma to our children. But I was married. I hate labeling people, but 
you know, at that time, they weren't talking a lot about narcissism. I mean, this was extreme narcissism in this to this day. And so I kept then the term was a controlling husband or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so my daughter didn't need this trauma and she couldn't really navigate through this and as, uh, you know, custody things. And now what I know, I kept thinking the courts would be fair. This is how we met each other through this I knew that the fair courts the fair courts yeah I didn't realize that's yeah. why I think you know it's almost like building a house you know you know the next time what to do but the first time through it and I don't plan on going through that again but I I thought the courts I kept waiting for fairness and justice and what I've learned now as uh, is, is um there it isn't happening and that's why I want to share some of this wisdom with others because I kept I, ha I had just you know and I was a mess but by staying those other years by the time I got divorced I was really an emotional mess so I wasn't contributing so much either you know yeah. trying to keep everything together and having this difficult both difficult ch children really but um so I don't know if that tells enough of a story. So I have felt that um, I never thought anything like that could ever happen in my life. Or how did, how did this, my daughter, actually, this may be hard for people to hear. And, and you have to understand it's been 20 years now, for, 19 years for me. So for everyone hearing this story, I have to be careful with it because for them, it's new. And so she took her life in her father's home while he was home. So when we talk about divorce and other things and having to let your children go. And so writing my story, I have my book here. It was about how do you overcome things? And we had to have a quote. And my quote is, you're not the pain you have known. You're the possibilities you choose to live into. Mm -hmm. And so when I see you right now on the, the ride of your life, <laughs> You know, yeah. Yeah. moving on, doing the work, and I think so many people don't want to do the work. It's not fun work, but it's such self-discovery. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm going to touch on the don't want to do the work. I don't know if it's necessary. Yes, it could be don't want to do the work as part of they're probably afraid of what they're going to find, you know, and I'm just going to throw this out there because this isn't about me. This is about you. But the thing is, is because we're talking about trauma, because we're talking about, um, you know, the things we can do to lead into uh, finally getting into self-love and understanding who we are and pushing through and, you know, doing the things and letting go, you know, um, I, oh, I wish I had that comment. I don't. But anyway, um, I feel like it's, why did I start this? Tell me, remind me why I started this. Just oh, because to... you're saying that not don't want to do the work, maybe. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sometimes I get, I told you. Um, anyway, so the not wanting to do the work keeps you stuck. And on and and me doing this work is it's for for me and and it's not. I don't see this as a braggy thing. I think it helps people. I don't know somehow, but the point is, is that I enjoy doing this, talking to people. I enjoy putting out there, but I also enjoy the fact that I am persistent and learning how to be strong enough to be okay with putting this out there because for years I was hiding, I was isolating, I was doing all kinds of stuff. And that's what trauma does, you know, and for someone who's gone through something like you have, you know, that's even big. You've, you've got like big traumas. You don't have, they, they have these things called micro traumas and macro traumas. I don't know who knows, who knows what about that, but the micro traumas are little things like, for example, my, my son told me one time that, you know, leaving him at the daycare center and because I had to work and that's when he, that's his feeling of abandonment. And I was like, but I did everything I needed to do. I told him I loved him. I told him I would be back. I told, but you don't know how a five, six-year-old feels when you're doing that with them, you know? So that's traumatic. And yeah, then there's things like that happen like with you. And so, yeah, so I just wanted to get, for people to get an idea of, of what you've experienced and where you've come from, because it's so important for people to understand that the people doing the work and helping other people have been through things 
And that's where they get their understanding from doing it. And it's, I love it when people are vulnerable and are able to share that and, and to, to put themselves out there. And, and I am loving, like, as you said, the trending now that this is, uh, the trend really is to be vulnerable almost. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have Brene Brown, we have Mel Robbins, we have Oprah becoming, you know, very vulnerable and in some different, the thought leaders. And so um, I feel so grateful because I've always been sort of an open person. And, and even with my family there, you don't talk about this or my, my mother's not going to talk about my daughter or anything. And I feel like people can open up with me and I want mm -hmm. people as maybe as you that, it's okay, and maybe we're gifted with the oper the the um, not skill or talent, just the passion Experience to be and, open. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it also has to do with the fact that we've we've passion, passion, and desire. Maybe passion, desire is a better word. Desire. Yeah. 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 And that's, to keep the lid on it is hard for me. Well, right. I know. And that's the way I feel about it. And I was like, for years, I've been told, guided, whatever you want to call it, do a podcast, do a podcast, do a podcast. So I was like, no, I don't want to do one, you know, because I want to do one with somebody and I have to have somebody to help me. And, da, 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 da. and that was part of all my, all the stuff that I've been walking through is I have to have someone there to help me. And that's not true. Yes, me too. And now uh, it's taken a lot of releasing trauma and doing this work to be like, oh my gosh, I knew that all along or, but I always look for somebody to validate or yeah. for it to be okay. And again, it's probably from the family circumstances. And I still have that. Don't talk about this. How dare mm -hmm. no one in my family has off wanted my book or asked for my book or read my book or had any interest. It's like, oh no, what is she going to say? Yeah. And, and that happens when people. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I've always felt like a misfit, but my mom would always say, you wear your heart on your sleeve. And I'm thinking, okay, so then stuffing is not good. And I, I wanted to make two points. I hope that are helpful to people. One, because, I mean, I never thought my life could ever be like this. Like you said, there's a lot of big traumas there. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and so then when I tell people something, they might be judging because their trauma okay, I have a little trauma, but it has impacted them. There's no, something small can create as big a trauma on someone else. Trauma is trauma. And yeah, there is some labeling now. And I forget the term for, I mean, I'm in ongoing trauma. Oh, that, I was going to bring that up. It's complex uh, PTSD. It's, that it's, is not stopping because I, I took care of my grandson for three years. Now all of a sudden he says, I'm not his grandmother. I mean, things that people, and I'm like, God, well, really? I can't walk through more of this, really? Yeah, and I need to, I wanted to say something real quick before I forget, and it, it really feeds in on what you said about the, having a heart on your sleeve, because that's vulnerability. Well, parts of it are vulnerability, and parts of it's probably too much, too much, because I used to have a heart on my sleeve, too, and I'd cry about everything. Now, it's like taking the whole thing and putting it together, but the reason I brought that up was because you brought your grandson into this, and really generational trauma goes unless there's somebody there who stops the generational trauma and puts an end to this to the pattern in the family it's not going to go away and for you to be able to do that you know for me to be able to do that stops that that energy of that from from pushing further and you know, your, your grandson, although he may not see this right now, will see you doing things like this and he will see it later, yeah. you know? And, and that's hard because my background is like little kids. I love early education and I teach. It's true, but I have to let that go. I think part mm -hmm. of this is what the work that we have to do is let it go. But I, what I wanted to say is, you know, um, that we can't judge because like you said the story about your son and I was in a support group with trauma one time and someone brought up when they were trying to discover what it was because I took some coursework on we don't even know what those traumas are buried in us right or they trigger we don't know we don't even know we have a trauma of that and this one very successful woman shared this trauma and I've used this story I think you'll like it she was in kindergarten 
and she forgot to bring something for show and tell. We used to have show and tell in kindergarten when I went to school. I and, I, and I have a story <laughs> from when I was little like that. So she she forgot it. So she had long hair and, and had a braid. So she taught everyone how to braid her hair. I thought, how creative, what a, what a inspirational kid this is. But the teacher reamed her out and embarrassed her in front of all of those students. And she's gone on to be the successful person. But when you're doing this work and maybe you're doing, you're doing things that you, you do inner child work. So things that bring up things that you don't even know are, are seated in there. And this story came up and that made such an impact on me. I mean, we hear teacher stories all the time and I'm sure I've impacted some kids in my classes when, when I taught many, many years ago because things are so rigid. And I thought, wow, here's this person being so creative and, and a rock star and they're, they're shot down. And those things, every little thing gets buried in there. <laughs> oh, trust me, I know. In fact, it's it's interesting. I'll throw this out real quick, and then I'm going to lead it into the next the next piece. Did you have anything else you wanted to share before I start leading into? No, just that. Um, I, when people, you know, they might think they're, when they're talking to me, then their trauma is small. And I just tried to, uh, I, I really want to make that point. Every trauma matters to each, er, each person because what it might do to you, it might not do to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so, and also children younger and younger are taking their lives like at 12 and, and things. So um, I really feel that trying to reach the children before they start getting into some of these things and give them some tools. I didn't have tools. Had to, oh, I know what I also wanted to say is I it was victim. So hard on your sleeve, but also I developed being a victim and I was sort of taught to be a victim. Well, there's and an expectation of that back then too, because I, I can hear similarities in our, in, in our stories where, you know, if don't, you know, especially you said you were Polish Right. That there's, you know, Eastern Europeans are very um, stoic because they couldn't be vulnerable because they had to be um, strong. So and they didn't know who to trust and they were paranoid. Well, right. Because of everything that was good that's been going on over over there, you know, and it's like um, so when when they see a sensitive child coming into the picture, they're like, oh, no, 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 you can't do that because yeah. we're going to whatever, whatever, you know, and that's not, that's not true. They were, yeah, they're trying to protect you and it became cultural. So when you talk about ancestral, exactly. And, and this is what I'm seeing happening in our world right now today. I know, oh gosh, these, and I apologize, there's noise coming from outside. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh, I way, see that's this. Why, I'm going to say this, my organic my organic look at me i'm outside right no not really but um it's all organic it doesn't matter if you had a cat walk across your head i'll be perfectly content with that right now <laughs> so go ahead i don't want to get up and close uh, anyway so i hope that that sheds light for people and now it doesn't feel comfortable for me to be a victim and i was so happy one day when i felt that i'm like i don't want to be a victim and so uh, you know i also have to be careful telling my story because then people they want to um, feel sorry for you or, oh my gosh, and to have all that. And I, I'm like, I, so I share my story when I feel it can be helpful to someone. And that's why writing my story, but yet in seven pages, I had to say, how do you overcome that? What are the possibilities in your life? Because I've seen so many people, if they've lost a loved one to suicide, or if they've lost a child, I've had several friends that have lost their children for other circumstances. And it's easy to get stuck. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Well, and the thing is, is um, the stuckness doesn't come from a, a conscious decision. The stuckness comes from all of the uh, wounding that we've carried with us and that we didn't know how to get rid of. And that's why we talk about grief. That's why we talk about um, shifting these things, because you can't hold on to this and, and expect to live a life that's powerful and, ex you know, joyful and peaceful and uh, and, and have love in your life, because if you can't even feel that for yourself because of the traumas and because of the things, the, the, the ways that you've covered, what's the, I can't remember the word right now, but it's like, um, 
if I had a therapist around, no, like it's like if you, it's, it's compensating basically for yes. whatever the trauma is. So you do things like become a victim or you do things like codependency, or you do things like, um, uh, whatever different, different issues that different people have, you know, I can speak from these things because that's what I've done. And, you know, that's the only reason I'm bringing those up, but there's plenty of things that we comp compensate. That's the word compensate for. And that's sort of my big concern that I have with my other daughter. And when we talked about bringing things up, I know it's like, she doesn't want to, you know, I embarrass her about being open, but I, she's so shut down that, like you say, I want my daughter to be happy. This was a trauma for her too. Mm -hmm. And so I have compassion. I think co compassion and forgiveness have really been a big help to me recently, but she's not, when I said willing to do the work, I think she's, it's almost like a Pandora's box that, and I, you know, I think she's so afraid of what's going to come out. She's 37 now. Well, that's but what I was talking about earlier. It's like yes. for, for us, even when we started digging in, we didn't know what was going to come out of there. A lot of people are like, you know, I remember one time I was told to get angry yes. and because I always stuffed it. And then, um, I was so afraid of getting angry because I thought I would rage out on people, but I don't have that. I don't have that particular issue. I don't rage. I'm on not people. wired that way either. They were happy when I got angry because they right, got exactly. some anger out. So, but that's or, the thing. It's like, and that's a boundary thing too of codependency. Yes, it's, it's passion. It's not okay. It's all kinds of things. But the thing with like, or you can't force someone into doing something that they aren't ready to do, and. The only thing you can do, like what you're saying is just, you know, have the compassion, send loving energy to her in hopes that one of these days she's going to see it for herself and she'll be able to walk through what she's going through. Cause she's walking, I mean, she's having a hard time. And, and, and what I remember doing one of my courses in uh, a, a personal development course. And they said that when we are having a hard time, when life happens, our lives are happening subconsciously. Um, we're living out of an inner child. We're living out of a five-year-old. We're living out of a 10-year-old. And so what happens is our behaviors come out sideways. They don't come out. They're not like um, open. They're, we aren't expressive. We aren't, we're scared. We're angry. We're down. We're sad. We're, yeah, everything. So all of our behaviors are more of reactions yes. to things than they are decisions to have to be a certain way, you know? So um, anyway, I, I want to make sure we have enough time to do this, but yes. you have, you told me, okay, so I'm going to start it like I always do. Whenever I have someone on who has a process to do with me, I want to show that process off. However, we do not talk about the process before we start. So whatever <laughs> happens, whatever <laughs> happens, happens. And hopefully I don't like start, I love this. That I've done that. I and have that done you're that. willing. But that's <laughs> I have, a, I've done that's it the whole thing that you said to be vulnerable, that yeah. you're willing to be to be right there open as, as a client would be or as yeah. a patient yeah. would be. That and and <laughs> so you you get what you see and that yeah. what, what and a that, huge growth that is, Carol. Thank you. And that's also like allowing someone to see a, a the vulnerability, but B that it's it's okay. It's okay to do it's unpredictable. Work. You find the work and you do whatever whatever works for you. And and you know for me I don't know what to expect and actually every time I do something like this, like this, it helps me more. So I'm like, sure, bring it. But what I'm going to do is um, Barbara's going to do a short process. And once she's done with the process, if um, I have an ability to respond and give um, some sort of a, um, you know, I can, I can ex kind of explain what I went through and all that. I will do that. Sometimes I'm not in the space to do that. And sometimes I am. So I haven't, it, it doesn't always work the same. So then what it could possibly do, which it has done before, if I not having been in the space to, you know, kind of do a follow-up and explain what happened is that it opens something up for me it, over the next few days that will, and then you'll hear about it in, a video or you'll hear about it in 
a, a, a blog post or you'll hear about it in a regular post. Like even today I, or, or today, today we're, uh, we're recording. This isn't live. I'll, I'm giving myself up. Throw me under the bus. Anyway. But so what I, you said is so true though. I don't experience things oftentimes until yeah. a little later. Yeah. And I'm just going to close my, this door. Maybe. We'll okay. You do that. And while, while Barbara's gone, what I'm going to talk about real quick, I just posted something today about deserving, feeling like you're deserving. I have never felt deserving ever in my life. And now I've got sirens going on outside, <laughs> but I, don't so hear I, posted, I just posted something that says I deserve blank. And I want people to fill that out, you know, and let's see what happens. But anyway, by the time you see it, it'll be a couple of weeks ago, but I did that. And I just, that, that's what I was going through. So that's what I posted because that's what came up, you know, from yes. the last couple of sessions. So there you go. And anyway. isn't it fun unraveling? Like this is the first time in my life. Now I'm 68. Oh my this gosh. I still can't time, get over that. First time in my life where I just, no matter what's going on, even financially or other things, like I have this freedom of not all that pain, pent up constant anxiety of, yeah. like you said, I'm not okay, or I've yeah. got to look at it this way or whatever. And what I've also come to realize, and I, I'd like to put this out there for our viewers is, and you hit upon it a little bit that now it stops, right? That I opened the door, I closed the door. <laughs> well, that's right. When you did that, I got a siren over here. So yeah. whatever. So <laughs> that I don't react always the same way. Like some processes that are so great for somebody trigger me and I can't go forward with them. It does the opposite. Mm -hmm. And I've learned mm -hmm. then to stand up for my, you know what this, so now I, instead of always thinking somebody else is a professional, they all know we're all different. And so, you know, I deal with health, physical, what's all connected, physical health and, and, and emotional health and of course, spiritual health. So, you know, if it doesn't, things don't resonate, it's okay. Or ask your provider or your person or, you know, Caroline, I hope, I think this will be fine for you, but, you know, speak up. We know ourselves and have that faith in ourselves because I think that's part of taking in different beliefs that, oh, they know better than me if well, that's, we've grown up with. Because that's because we don't know that we have faith in yes. ourselves because we don't know who we are because we've been told who to or be. Or didn't. <laughs> or didn't, right. Well, I'm not saying, I'm, most, a lot of us are still work, trying to figure yep. that out. And that was the whole thing that I was saying about, you know, I don't deserve to choose who to go see. I have to see who I'm told to see yeah, you know, or whatever. And that, that could be a deserving, that could be a thought of not deserving it or whatever. It just, it, it all, it's all, the biggest thing, like you're saying is you have the responsibility and the choice as an adult to go to see who you feel comfortable with. And if you don't, and just as a, I, I don't want to get, that's all right. Okay. But you get the point. I want you to, I want you to do. This. And I don't know about you, but for me, I was, I was thinking about this the other day that most of my life I felt uncomfortable. So it felt comfortable being uncomfortable because I, that was the norm. And I'm like, yeah, wow, this really doesn't feel right. And I can feel that it doesn't feel right. And I can say something. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, it's taken me all these years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think, and I'll say one more thing before I start, start this process and it's relation to my daughter. I, I, we all know that I believe that things happen then to, uh, to cause you to you, you know, to change because mm -hmm. you can't go on like that pent up. Some, something will happen in your life. So my wish, my daughter's already had a trauma thing. And the, the psychologist at the time, because she was in high school said, she'll deal with this when she has her own child. So I was like, yeah, she's finally going to deal with this. She has her child. But you know, it's so buried so deep. And I think that I, my hope is that she doesn't have to hit bottom in such an awful thing before she starts realizing that she, her heart, you know, to be able to be open up and, and, and we all have things to work on. So this, I think is so, uh, I, this, this is a new idea for me and something Segway. that I've developed. Yes. <laughs> and it's, 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 I think it's so exciting. And what you're doing right now as the ride of your life is you're journeying through your limited beliefs. You were just talking about limiting beliefs mm -hmm. and, and, 
I talk about because of children, you know, so many of those were survival skills. You do all the inner child work that you picked up just to survive in your family. And then they're not your MO core working system for now, but you don't know that that's the background that's like, like in your computer running you because, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you weren't picked up as a child. Maybe you weren't, but you're a baby. You have no language. You don't know. So we all have these. So I, I saw something about this and I thought, oh, this is just such a great thing. I like to do a visual thing because the more senses we use, the, the more healing we can do or the more we can remember. So a long time ago, they used to have rubber band balls. <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> and so a lot of it, even at work or something, rubber bands a lot of times even came this way. And, you know, I think it just illustrates the limiting beliefs so well. Like maybe there's just some tiny little ones in the beginning as you're a baby and little, and all of a sudden these limiting beliefs start piling on and you don't realize they're happening. It's almost like a snowball, you know, picks up the snow and it gets bigger. And, and these, these limiting beliefs start getting piling up. And we don't even realize that they're living beliefs. And we hear so many times now, it's like live out of the, the you know, out of the box, out of your comfort zone. You're living out of your comfort zone. And I honor you for that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I thought, oh my gosh, we sort of have to unravel this, don't we? But we can't just pull this whole thing apart at one time. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, can we take one rubber band off and, 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 and think of a limiting belief maybe right now that you can even identify or, or that you might, it's like, gosh, do I really want to have this belief anymore? Like we said, I don't deserve, you know, because we can't do this all when our psyche cannot handle all this. We don't even know. Let's see. Just to look at her notes to know. <laughs> I know I'm trying to because I actually do have one. I'm just trying to figure out. Hold on, hold on. I have it. I have it right here. Let's see. The most recent one. Let's see if I can find it. And fear is is very much uh, a limiting belief. So many so many times fear is attached to something, and that that is our ego protecting us. That it's meant to protect us from new things or to look at other mm -hmm. things, but. You know, you are willing to stretch yourself. Look at this rubber band. I mean, you are stretching yourself by going on the road, leaving things behind, searching for new things. I mean, you are stretching, Caroline. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> or that you put a podcast together before people said, you know, put a podcast together and you stepped into that, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm... <sighs> And so I'm thinking, okay, I'll give a good one then. Okay. This is one that just, it pops up. I don't know how deep this is because I really haven't looked into it. And it's not one that I'm looking at right now, but it just came into my head. It's, it's um, the imposter thing. It's like, who am I to be out here and um, talk about this stuff? When there are so many other people who are doing all these great things and they're so professional and they're this and they're, you know, all these, all these things. And then every time I get online, I'm scrolling, I'm like, oh my God, they're doing so much better than me and yada, yada, yada. I don't know if that piece of the comparison and judgment, comparison yeah. and judgment, imposter, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, um, and you know, what initials are behind your name or how much experience, even though we've walked through this and done this work where a lot of times people acting as experts um, haven't done the work or don't even know um, oh. what it is like. So uh, a, a new example just came to my mind. A good friend of mine, she's a clinical psychologist and a yogi and, um, and never they didn't have children and her husband just passed away unexpectedly mm -hmm. at, at Thanksgiving time, like a couple of days after. And she's a clinical psychologist and also being in the metaphysical world if she teaches, you know, the four agreements and all of this, the grief that she's struggling with right now is so real and so, and, and so debilitating, but she's, she's so angry. You had to go and die. You know, I mean, she's really, it's interesting how you don't know how that's going to come out when mm -hmm. I've never experienced any kind of grief like that in my life. Well, before we go any further, I just want to throw something out here because I do work with people um, going through grief and grief will come out in any way. It'll come, it'll even come out in happy and laughing. So, you know, but as far as grieving to even get to the part to cry, 
sometimes you have to get angry because sometimes yeah. you can get angry enough where you will cry yes. and then you can grieve. And I feel like that's, that's really important. And just so watching, uh, she's probably guided people through grief and she worked yeah. a lot. But what I was going to say is, so we judge professionals, but until somebody goes through something, you don't really know it. Mm -hmm. So we've walked through a lot of these things mm -hmm. and I've been able to help her. And I go, whatever you feel like at the time is how you feel when you're going through grief, you mm -hmm. know? And it's okay. It's okay. And it's okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and so here's our limiting beliefs. And, uh, you know, it, are you willing to stretch it? Are you willing to go beyond it? And I don't know about you, but in school, we kids used to always be, you know, so are you going to take it and sting somebody else with it because you don't know what to do with it? Mm. Or are you, are you willing to go, I don't, this isn't serving me anymore. I don't know where I picked it up. We don't even need to know, right? I just want to see where we're going to fling it, but yeah. not at somebody, not at somebody. So, go, ready, uh, set. Can you fling it to the ocean so that there it's not going to come back? Yeah. Are, can, or do you fling it and you pick it up and then you start a new little ball? Well, it's really not so big. And you start another little ball with this one limiting belief, or are you really ready to let it go? Mm -hmm. And I just read, met someone recently. Well, that I want to, I want to make sure that we have time to do the process. So, because I still have a, a, a question. Okay. I need to, this to sort of is the process. Oh, that really. is. Okay. I don't, it is. It's just a okay. visual of, oh. Gosh, how many more limiting beliefs? I'm trying to make it. There's simple. a lot. There's a point. There's a lot. You know, and so take beliefs. one. So here's we'll the process. One. Take one, identify it. You yeah. know, I think, how is this limiting in my life? Or is this just fear because it's different than what I think? Or did I really pick this up on my, someone? Make two columns. Is this limiting belief valid? because sometimes limiting beliefs are, or is it because I'm just afraid or it's different or it's odd? And we pick these up all the time. And I just met this woman, I was going to say, and she, we were at a conference and she wouldn't put uh, anything from the water fountain. And she said that her daughter had gotten mono. Her daughter now is in her forties. Okay. She'd gotten mono and they, they believe she got it from a water fountain. So for 40 years, this woman has never drank out of an, a water fountain or anybody in her family. So that can, that's a limiting belief that, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, water fountains make you sick. Yeah. Does that serve you or not? If I'm thirsty I'm and I'm dying of thirst to me, having dehydration is worse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I'll yeah. give another example because it's up to you what you do with it. Do you pick it back up? So many times we pick them back up because it feels comfortable. It's warm. Maybe we'll make it a little smaller or start a new little ball. But maybe are we strong enough to really take that and, and fling it into the ocean mm -hmm. somewhere where it's not going to come back? Or are we going to take that that and and hit a spouse or a child or it comes out and you're putting that onto somebody else because that's your limiting belief. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, so and it's your reaction me, too. That's the coming out sideways when you fling it at the spouse. <laughs> yeah. It's like I, I used to think of, you know, being slimed, get the slime off of me. Who can I slime? Because I don't want to be slimed. And so I, I just thought of this ball and it's like, okay, I can take one thing at a time. And is this an important limiting belief to, for me to bring? And I think right now with the, the pandemic, other things, many people have been picking up lots of belief patterns. I see it in myself of maybe not going out as much or certain things and being aware even of picking, I don't want to pick up more and make my ball bigger. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, you know? and then I, I, because you're sharing it this way, um, I think it's important that, I mean, really what I'm finding for myself is uh, every single time that I give myself the gift of grieving, those limiting beliefs drop. I mean, I, I literally, as you say, I can, okay, that's it, done, out, out to yeah. the ocean. You I know? don't want and you anymore. You don't need yeah. them anymore because as right. you were saying, they're there to compensate, to protect us from when we were little kids, when we did need them, because let's, let's or in a marriage or a in of, yeah, well, I mean, it starts in childhood mm -hmm. because we come up with these, these, these ways of dealing with life as a child who doesn't understand life. So when we're do when we do that and we start to, to 
um, contain that and literally it contains in the body, then we don't understand as we go, grow older and we start like reacting to things outside of us as that child who was traumatized or whatever at a certain age. Yeah. And we this, don't know how to respond to that. So we start to come up with this. We thought. make stories. Like, I, I mean, as a child, I always compared myself. I always judged myself because I felt like I was being judged and it was the only way for me to um, work through it was to say, to, to decide, I guess, you know, well, if they're going to judge me, then there must be something wrong with me. So I'm going to judge myself. And, you know, it, it sticks, it sticks inside of you. It gets bigger and bigger, like you're saying, and, until we make a decision to let that go. And, and you're right. It's important. And that's a big ball of lots of beliefs that you're holding on. There. I know. And yeah. I, and I, I, I thought, you know, and also for lay people to have something when you have a visual like this, oh my gosh, it's a rubber band. Let me just, you know, sometimes when we attach little things, it really makes it simpler for us to let go of some things. Yeah. And, but yeah. this woman, her daughter was a teenager when she got mono so that wasn't a childhood thing but she started telling me about her childhood and I saw then why she would pick up on that being a limiting belief mm -hmm. because until you can get to the core ones right mm -hmm. yep <laughs> and I'll give you one more example um and I hope this was helpful to you because now I know when I started looking at this I thought oh I'm just gonna Oh, I can get that rid of that. This is fun. You know, uh, I'm <laughs> I want to see you fling the rubber band. I'm waiting for you to fling the rubber okay. band. Go. Okay. <laughs> Yay. You are the, and uh, a good my family, I relate to what you're, what you're saying about judging because every time I did something to accomplish, they'd always point out somebody else better than me. And I realized I'm not allowed. I'm not good enough. And, you know, it does, it gets in those ruts in our neural pathways. Well, then that's exactly why I feel like I'm an imposter because someone else has always told me that I wasn't good enough at something. And every time I tried and thought I was doing good, I didn't feel like I was doing good. And I was told that I wasn't. So I'm here to tell you, you are an amazing woman. And, and since I met you, you have evolved and changed and been willing to do it because this takes a lot of courage to be willing to walk through the ugly parts of all of ourselves and still love ourselves. All of us have different work to see your growth. And you know, I just, I have goosebumps right now because, and doing the work that you do, it must be so beautiful when you see people transitioning and growing. I can't be stagnant. And I got in trouble for that. We're seekers. Even though things weren't always easy or good or we've had traumas, I have this seeker in me that wants to do more or change or do better or you're modeling this behavior that it's okay. You didn't die. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Nope. Not, and and I, even on the even on the most in deep in depth ones, I didn't die either because I'm still sitting here talking to you about yeah. a and big you're old smiling. Band full, yeah, full of belief systems. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's okay. Then we judge this. Oh, my ball has my balls are bigger. And then, you know, I saw this. I know. <laughs> You're such a teacher. That's what I'm thinking. That's why I'm laughing. It's such a I teacher am. thing. <laughs> so I have another example I thought of. And then I want to share another, just a real quick thing that I think would be really helpful and that I did for Valentine's Day. But uh, I had a neighbor. And so she was around my, my age. This was about 10 years ago. And she had um, I always lived by the, loved living by the water. She had picked up a Portuguese, a man of war, because these were just in the water recently. So this mm -hmm. made me think of it. And she had a very embarrassing situation. She was in her 20s, I think. And I think they stripped her down on the beach and the lifeguards were there and put her in this tub of water. Mm -hmm. She's never gone in the ocean. Mm -hmm. So when I, I moved from New York to Miami when I was six years old, and my brother was then four. And, and I saw one of those floating in the ocean. I'll go, look at this toy. Wow, isn't that cool? You pick it up. No, you pick it up. No, I'm not going to pick it up. No, you pick it up. And my brother picked it up. And, you know, the tangles of the tentacles of the Portuguese, because they're beautiful, mm -hmm. iridescent, blue and purple. And, and so, I mean, I got in lots of trouble and it was awful and I felt terrible. 
but he would he didn't not ever go back into the ocean he owned a boat you know and so it just shows how what other events are buried in that uh, of limiting beliefs in there so that when you get a new circumstance you deal with it in a different way than somebody else does mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. like what you're saying it's from that childhood um beliefs that we pick up to survive as children mm -hmm. and and it also depends on the person who who is yeah it, it, it well the personality because, right and how our brains are wired and how much uh good enough parenting or good enough um you know somebody being there for us or whatever it is so there's a lot of things that that, that come to this it's not just you are a bad person and you are going to have issues your whole it's not that simple no there's so many there's a million there's a yeah. million things that that yeah because are, people have walked through kids have walked through really horrific things and gone on to be incredible people I, yeah They're, in fact the science doesn't even show difference you know well and i've talked about oprah you mentioned oprah earlier she wrote that book with that guy um what happened to you about yep. trauma and yeah. the thing is is that um the, and I even wrote an article, I think that was the one last week, and it talks about how um, uh, the, how did I say that? It's like, like I just mentioned a few minutes ago, it's like, depending, she had a grandmother to take over and give her unconditional positive regard and, and love and, you know, people like, um, I can't remember, one of the one of the IT people, I don't know, they had, maybe it was that, who's the Apple guy? Um, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think he had somebody. Yeah, I think he had a mentor, you know, but a lot of people are sensitive or they don't have someone Anyone in their life to take over. Mm -hmm. Like, like I talk, I talked my own story was, you know, I never had emotional uh, support from anyone because they didn't know how, anyone in my family. So I didn't know, I had no idea. So I felt like I was trying to figure my whole life out by myself. So that's different. So difference between that and Oprah or someone yeah. who has had like a complete major trauma who is now still going, living in that trauma and addicted to something or whatever. There's so many levels of this. Or it's, they made the decision, I'm not going to be in this situation again. Or they did. They right. drove them to something. And well, that's the sensitivity piece. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's why it's so everyone is different. So if anyone ever tells you you're the same as somebody, it's not true. <laughs> and that's why I, I love the way Oprah recouched it. What happened to you as opposed to your traumas and label and having all of this. You know, what's wrong with you? That's what she said. It's yes, like, what's wrong with you i started reading that book it was pretty heavy yeah, yeah. i bet i want, I so want for, to get that i'll give you one other quick thing for valentine's i got this idea because exactly what we're talking about i just feel that especially from women we carry so much trying to make our families work or uh, you know all of that and I thought, gosh, we, last year I made all these Valentines and I secretly gave them all these homemade Valentines out and thought of those people. And I thought, we need to make a Valentine for ourselves. Mm -hmm. What is special for you? What do you like and love about yourself? We all look at, so here's our ball of limiting beliefs, or other things. Where is our, we can make a ball of ribbons or something, but you know, I, and I had a couple people over and I had a big heart and it was like, we found words and, things, and it was interesting. I couldn't do it. Mine was turning out like a vision board. <laughs> I had to do it privately yeah. because like, what are the things I'm okay with? What am I really? I even put in there broken, but you know, um, you know, moving on, or I, there were some words I found that I had to do it privately. And I thought, wow, this is a good exercise too, to make mm -hmm. a Valentine to yourself. Mm -hmm. We have mm -hmm. to love ourselves. And Brene Brown really opened the door for me with the key. First words in one of her books was we belong to ourselves first. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I know I gave myself away and then I became a victim. And so where's my part in this cycle of things and being able to see and unravel it and setting boundaries was not comfortable for me. You weren't allowed to do that in my family. <laughs>
Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's complex. It's yeah. all complex. And you can see, I mean, just like you said, thank you for everything you said about, you know, what I'm doing and how you see me now. I see the same thing. It's like, I know that I was a victim, you know, four or five years ago. I know that. And I probably have my moments where I need to be a victim. The good news is that even though that happens, I jump in and I jump out now rather than just sitting in it and waiting and feeling sorry for myself and waiting for someone to rescue me because that doesn't work either. So that knight in shining armor, crap is crap. You got to be your own knight in shining armor because until you learn how, until you do the work, till you do the grief, till you do, you know, you learn about yourself and release all this stuff and let everything go. You can't be your own knight in shining armor. You can't be your own Valentine. It's almost, especially if you've been through things and you're not, you, you don't have the understanding or you've never seen before, like you're saying, how to do it for yourself. Like some people are like, uh-uh, not, I'm not doing it anymore. It took me a long time to get to that point, you know, and it's not easy for some people. And I just want some, I, I want that to get out there that there's nothing wrong with you. You're just, you just take well, it out of balance. In your, well, yeah, but you take it in your own time. You don't yes. have, just because this person is able to, you know, breach their situation or their, you know, their own beliefs or whatever, doesn't mean that you have to do it exactly the same way that they did it in the same amount of time that they did it. Because for some of us, it takes a little bit longer. You know? Well, and even if we've moved past, let's say, like I go to a suicide, um, survivors of suicide support group, I was realizing, you know, there's things I haven't dealt with, or maybe, you know, you walk into a room and people understand, uh, other people don't, they want to understand, you don't want them to understand, because you don't want them to have experienced that. But sometimes I, I feel uncomfortable, because it's like, this happened, but it happened for a reason or a person, a purpose, or, you know, I've come to a very different vibrational energy of things, which I believe that circumstance brought me in, in into a different realm of thinking and for me. And mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm like, um, okay, so being beyond that, as opposed to staying stuck in, and, and, and this woman and our times, am I having really a hard time? Yeah, when all of a sudden she was gone longer than she was there, or I found out new information that I didn't know 19 years ago of what happened. I was like, it, it, it drove me right back. And so then I'm in there and it's like, why is she okay? Or why, you know, there's a whole judging thing there. Why? It's like, I still have that pain. That pain's never going to go away, but it decreases or it comes and goes or but again, I don't want these chains on my life because I still have life. Mm -hmm. And if I can help someone with my story or to move past, that's where I feel like I can serve. And mm -hmm. we talked a little bit about this with another group we were sort of in. And, you know, I can't stay in the dark anymore. I'm willing to do the work to be in the light because I saw some glimmers. And it's like, you know, this is a lot nicer. <laughs> I have to say it. It's got to come out right now. Glimmers of hope. <laughs> so if any of you know what that is, it's okay. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll just say it real quick. If you uh, are in the parental alienation realm and you need groups, there's two Glimmers of Hope groups you can join. Hope groups, if you need the hope, because there are people in there who help with that stuff. So, but there, but it's always important to have, I had to throw that in there. It's yeah. always important. Well, I was going to use it as an of hope. Yeah. <laughs> and I was going to use it as, as, a, as an example, almost as we're wrapping up here, that when we were just talking about, like, I, I wanted to get in that space. And so then I locked on to you. You had already created this group. And how can I help you manage it? But then it was like I, like, I didn't feel comfortable going out on my own with what I knew or what I had to do. But then through trial and error, it's like, this doesn't feel right for me. That feels more that I can serve this way. And, and, and but it took me a little bit of believing. It's like, gosh, but we're all different. So our stories are different. So the way we bring things forth is different. And then that's okay. And that's exactly why, that's exactly what I went through too, you know? So, and that's so important that we can recognize that we don't have to be like somebody else. And I wanted to, to close out before I ask you the, the last uh, question, I wanted to close out. There's a woman by the name of Megan Devine who wrote a book called It's Okay to Not Be Okay. And uh, it's about grief, 
um, any kind of grief. It's grief of loss. It can be grief of death. It can be grief of transit, life transition. It can be any, any sort of thing, which is why I really like that book because it, it, it went through all different types of grief because grief like that we experienced as well with, with our kids is different than a child that, that, well, you got, you ended up with both and with both of them, you know, so. You and the loss of a child, the loss know, of a like child my friend in Miami or son was murdered. Yeah. 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 So, um, but for a lot of these people who have experienced parental alienation, there's a, um, a grief that's hard to grieve until you can name it um, something. That's not what Megan said. I'm saying it. Um, that you can name it like it's a loss. It's still a loss and you can still grieve it. But anyway, what she says is that when we grieve, when we release this, when we let this go, um, we are allowing ourselves to to carry it with us and it makes us stronger mm. when we can carry it. It's not going to go away. It won't, but we can carry it. And then at some point we can help somebody else through it because then we understand and we don't crash back into, you know, how we felt back then when we, before we could grieve, you know, but you need to do that work. It's, it's so important. You've and we're all grieving that. now life right. as we knew it everyone really is in grief right now life as mm -hmm. we knew it from maybe your jobs maybe your family situation um not being able to travel whatever that is we all are in a grief situation and even the world as we know it right now yeah. we are in this um and I, I haven't read that book but i've heard great things so all like you say there's very many different types of grief and loss Mm -hmm. and many different dimensions mm -hmm. um yeah there was something i was going to say now i do forget um but walking through and um uh but oh i know i was going to say for me when i'm helping others it's helping me mm -hmm. other people they want to put their heads over, under the covers and i wanted to say one other thing when you talked about um it being so you can't just unravel the whole thing at one time I know my mother is a hoarder and of course she it's really difficult and so I was always like can't you see and you walk I go to visit and I'm like oh my gosh and and you know well I have a few things I'm like oh my gosh and I was reading um Melanie Be Melody Beattie she's a very wonderful um and codependency no more she's written and this was um I forget the name in this book, but it was a daily thing on this one day. It's like, no, it's, you cannot yeah. rip the covers off of somebody else who's not ready to emotionally, yeah. their psyche cannot deal with that. You can lift up the cover and it helped me give compassion. I was like, I was trying to rip that blanket or that bandaid off my mother. Like, don't you see it destroyed our family too. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I, then I realized who am I to do that? And mm -hmm. her psyche is protecting her from her wounds, whatever they were inflicted as a child that she hasn't dealt with. And, um, I don't have that right. Maybe I can try to tip a little bit. And, and that was a good, I need some of those visuals sometimes to, to put it in perspective because yeah. it is yeah. so psyche out there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and just uh the most important thing as well when we talk about self-love is sometimes especially when we're grieving you can't rip the covers off yourself either yeah sometimes you just have to let yourself be there and just lay there and and allow whatever feelings are coming up and just be there until you until you are ready to not be there. The challenge is, is having a support system, making sure you have a support system so you're not there for an indefinite amount of time because there's, there's limits to grieving because if you are um, going beyond what a, what a healthy limit is of grieving, then you're probably going into depression and that's a whole different ball game. But what mm -hmm. I'm referring to is give yourself a couple of days or, you know, whatever. I don't even know. It just, it's, a, it's, you know, that, and, and noticing stop. You have to be able to recognize that. Okay. I'm going to give myself three days to just lay here under the covers and cry or do whatever. And then after the three days are up, I got to start living my life again. You know, and, and things come over you in waves sometimes like last week I was feeling like that. And I thought, you know what? 
so before I would always push through and compromise myself. And now it comes down to self-worth, self-care. Mm -hmm. Before I would feel guilty stopping or not doing, pushing through and creating more content and things that I wanted to do. It's like, no, I need to stop and I need to be with this and it's yeah. okay. I need to go yeah. read a book. I need to be gentle with myself. I need to be quiet I, and, and feeling okay doing that and knowing that I am really doing the right thing, self-care, creating yes. self-care. For myself. Yep. Yep. Very, not very good. Um, and on the note about stopping us, because <laughs> I warned you about this, people, <laughs> we're going to, we're going, I'm going to ask one more question. And okay. the last question basically is um, if, uh, or not if, for someone, can you please give like a, want, a link that you have uh, mm -hmm. for someone to get in touch with you um, to, uh, if they decide so, they want to do the work with you or, you know, just one link you. and then I'll, I'll end up posting it in the, in thank the you so much for allowing that. So the name of my business is wellness matters. You matter. So that encompasses so much. And I want everyone to know how much they matter because I think that is the root of depression and suicide and other things. And we can, it leaves conversations open and, and taking care of yourself because you matter. You're taking care of yourself no matter what you're doing. So that's the name of my website, Wellness Matters You Matter. And you'll find numerous things that I have going on. The same with my Facebook and Instagram. So that's how you can find me the easiest way. And I thank you for the opportunity to share this time with you, Caroline. And absolutely, absolutely. I, I love what you're doing. Keep doing thank it. You. Thank you. So let me let me clarify. Well, wellnessmattersyoumatter.com. Correct. Okay. I just want to make sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. Um, so everyone. You, Barbara, you, everyone, wherever you are in the world, I hope you have a wonderful, I always do this, I can't ever say it. I'm going to say moment again, because that's what I've been doing. Have a wonderful moment. Oh, I like that. And each that's moment sweet. after. And so I want to thank you for joining me, us, on the Ride of My Life podcast. And um, I think that should do it. I hope you all have a oh, I oh. can mention one other thing real quick. I just created that YouTube, the, your hack, the hackable life, because yes. we can hack our life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. Thank you, everyone. I'm happy to have you here. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Caroline.